Live at 5 Sports with Todd and Suhan brought to you by Prairie's Edge Casino Resort. Well, Jim, the Twins offense continues to suffer, uh, you know, strangely, 18 home runs or games with a home run in a row. And yet their offense is struggling here of late. Yeah, they, it really comes back to that age-old problem. Roy Small has been talking about it ever since. You know, it's funny because Roy and I do a podcast together, mm-hmm. and we were saying 2018, God, they need someone like Nelson Cruz. Mm-hmm. They get Nelson Cruz. They end up setting a home run record in 2019, not just because of Nelson. Nelson, the ball is flying like crazy. Yeah. Uh, and then you had a very good offensive team in 2020. Nelson gets a certain age. They move on from him, and they really haven't replaced him with that reliable guy who ties your lineup together you know buxton's going to produce as long as he's healthy Correa will come around uh but i don't know that they have a true like number four hitter mm-hmm. polanco can do that when he's hot miranda can do it when it's hot uh kepler maybe gallo strikes out too much uh, they really don't have the person you just write in the lineup every day and say he's going to take good at bats he's going to produce runs he's going to succeed a high percentage of the time with a runner in second base or a runner on third base and that'll make everybody better they don't have that person now you see miranda really struggling and fighting himself you see you know you can't really trust kepler gallows in a little bit of a slump now after carrying them for a while and you know what's interesting about all this is and so maybe kirloff will be that guy uh, but again, he's a hard guy to trust because he just hasn't done an extended period of time in the major leagues while staying healthy. Um, and here's, here's the other possibility. Royce Lewis is starting a, uh, a rehab assignment and he's going to play shortstop in third base. Uh, and you know, he's ahead of schedule. If he starts tearing up the minor leagues in a way that they think translates to the big leagues and Miranda keeps struggling, maybe he comes up and plays third base and he gets a shot to, at that job. Yeah, I think Miranda's shelf life at third base lasts as long as, unless he starts to hit. Uh, But if he isn't hitting and continues to scuffle like he is so far, yeah, it would seem natural that you would give Royce Lewis a shot once he's healthy. So Miranda's not, you know, he's aware of what's going on and uh, he sees all the news about Royce Lewis getting ready to come up and that they're working him out at third base as well as short. But unfortunately, that might be something else that, has impressing just a little bit. Yeah, and and that is that's one of the difficulties of being a major league baseball player, a young mm-hmm. major league baseball players, is that you know that you aren't guaranteed your job. Um, and listen, Miranda's a really good kid, mm-hmm. and there's nothing wrong with him. Uh, it, there's no nothing wrong with him other than the fact that he's just pressing and swinging out of the strike zone. He's you know, and for so many hitters, we can you know, no matter how deep you want to go into analytics and modern statistics, and everything else. So much of it is just approach. Mm-hmm. When Miranda swings at the right pitches, he is a very good major league hitter. And when he swings at the wrong pitches, he has no chance. And remember, when Buxton was starting out, it was the same thing. Mm-hmm. You cannot be a good major league. It doesn't matter what your bat speed is, your talent, anything else. You can't be a good major league hitter swinging at sliders in the dirt. When Buxton swung at sliders in the dirt, he was an easy out. When he learned to lay off that pitch, all of a sudden the ball started leaving the ballpark. Miranda's in a similar position right now. Yeah, you know, you were talking about, I like to call it the fulcrum of the lineup, that middle guy who everything else goes around, like Nelson Cruz was uh, for the Twins. But I'll bet you the Twins thought they had one, that it was going to either be Buxton or Correa, and that just hasn't materialized. Well, I also think they think that uh, Correa actually, let's not forget that he he became a star and a championship-level player and a big-time free agent, not because he's... Barry Bonds or some great hitter. Mm-hmm. He, he is valued because of the combination of being a great defender um, 
and a leader and a good offensive player. He's never been a great offensive player. No. He wasn't the he wasn't the fulcrum for the great Astros teams. He was no. a guy who batted, you know, he was, he was a contributor. He should be your number two hitter. Um, Buxton can be a fulcrum, but Buxton's a, a interesting case because um, he he's probably your best leadoff hitter. He's probably your best two hitter. He's probably your best three hitter. He's probably your best four hitter. But they seem to like him in the first three slots, which means, you know, <laughs> very simply here, if he's batting if he's batting first or second or third, it means he's not your cleanup guy. Yeah. Uh, also, as talented as he is, as good as he is, as productive as he's been when he's been healthy the last few years, he's really not Nelson Cruz in terms of taking that completely calm, reliable at bat. Byron will strike out on three pitches, one at bat, and then he'll hit the ball 500 feet the next bat. And, you know, he's – He's going to produce over time, but he doesn't give you the reliable at bat in the clutch situation every time. Mm-hmm. And that that's kind of what we're talking about. And that's what we yeah. at times over the last year, we've seen Miranda kind of swing like that. At times we've seen Polanco do that, but neither of them has done it for an extended period and stayed healthy long enough that you feel like you can just stick him in that role and, and feel good about it. Uh, let's talk NBA playoffs a little bit. Uh, lots of interesting storylines. Uh, you know, I believe that the NBA playoffs is the game played at its highest level. It's all the best players, and they're all locked in. And, and, and on most games, we do see we do see some of the veteran teams like the Lakers kind of say, eh, you know, we'll let that game go because we've got another one uh, coming up. But uh, Devin Booker right now. Uh, how do you, I mean, how do you hit 34 out of 45 shots or 36 out of 35, whatever it is, or 45 shots in a series so far? The guy's been unbelievable. He's been great. And listen, he's shooting it well from three, but it's also just fast. I, I always love outliers in sports. Mm-hmm. And here's a guy who in the age of the, not only the three-pointer, but the long three-pointer and people who shoot contested three-pointers, here's a guy who really made his bones with the mid-range game. You know, the, with the old school, uh, high leaping jump shot, uh, pure form. And, you know, if you give him a, a 15 footer, he's just going to knock it down. Mm-hmm. Even if statistics say you're better off taking three point, you know, a lot of three pointers. Uh, and he, he's just doing everything well right now. And beautiful shot. Uh, great confidence. It, it was funny. Early in the season, the Suns were in town playing the Timberwolves. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and the Suns were just wiping the floor with the Wolves and, and Booker made a shot or, or maybe I think he dished somebody who made a shot and he, he like ran down court yelling at the Wolves bench. And sometimes those things can be kind of profane. He was like, that's how we play. We play team basketball. It was like the most mild taunting I've ever heard in my life, <laughs> but it kind of speaks to who he is. He's, yeah. a, he's an old school style player. He will shoot the two pointer. He will move the ball. He loves clutch situations. He's a joy to watch. Yeah. I can see why Timberwolves fans were salivating at a chance that, you know, he's friends with Carl Anthony Towns. Maybe Devin Booker would come to the Wolves. That was all fool's gold, of course. Uh, We knew at the time, but you certainly can see why people would love to have that guy on their team. And then Jokic goes for 53. He got kind of ticked off after he had a scrum with the Suns owner there uh, down in the corner and started making every shot under the sun. Still not enough. Uh, boy, I, I didn't see, you know, I, I thought the Nuggets would have this series, but boy, if Jokic, uh, Jokic can go for 53 and they still lose, then I don't see how they managed to win it. Well, a couple things. <clears throat> Number one is, the you know, I think two of the Nuggets' three losses this postseason have come when Jokic has gone absolutely nuts scoring. Mm-hmm. But the defense is they said we'd rather have him shooting, you know, ten footers in the lane than kicking into wide open three pointers. Because if the Nuggets if the Nuggets get rolling from the three point line, that's when they're at their best. 
And the other thing is Jokic puts the Suns owner down with his elbow, and it's going to be really easy for the NBA to get very offended and protect their owner and, you know, make a big case out of Jokic doing that. And, hey, we got to protect our fans. I'm almost on the player side in this way. Yeah. He's over there trying to grab the ball, and you have all these fans screaming in his face. It's the only sport where fans are allowed to scream in the faces of opponents and yeah. yell terrible things at him. And this owner's, you know, acting like a big shot there. And my thing is, if you want to sit courtside, then you're, you have to be willing to get run over. Uh, Jokic obviously did push him, but it wasn't violent. I hope they don't overreact to this. It was almost kind of a little friend to shove. I think yeah. he recognized him and gave him a little oh, shot because yeah. the guy wouldn't give up the ball. You, you're right. going to try and get a tie ball with Nikola Jokic? And then he flopped. He throws his hands in the air. I'm 100% on Jokic's side here. I hope they don't get carried away and decide a suspension is warranted. Oh, that would be horrible. It yeah. would be just horrible. Right. And, but I can't predict what they're going to do, though. Nope. Uh, so, Joel Embiid and the Sixers, they've managed to tie up the series with the Celtics. Really, it was James Harden. Harden has been MIA in a lot of playoff series, but not in this one so far. What's really interesting is, I mean, the, Philadelphia's fascinating. you got Doc Rivers coaching. you got Embiid, who wins the MVP. Uh, I think Jokic is actually more valuable, and even Giannis might be more valuable, but he, he had a great statistical season. He has not looked very comfortable in the series, and they're still 2-2. Uh, the, the Celtics failed to get off a last-second shot. They start their action way too late, mm-hmm. um, and you, know, you just can't do that. The Celtics basically could have already wrapped up the series if they'd done taken care of business. Now they haven't, and now the 76ers have life, and Harden's had two 40-point games in this series. If Embiid gets it rolling, this might be uh, – the Celtics might regret this for a long time. Jim, thanks so much. Thanks, Todd. Live on 5 Sports with Todd and Suhan brought to you by Prairie's Edge Casino Resort.